This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. going on guys we have a extremely cool episode coming up for you today um i sit down and interview hayden bow um so for those of you who don't know hayden he's a co-owner uh with the amazing steffi cohen to the hybrids perform the hybrid performance method um i mean i, I was lucky enough to to sit down and have a chat with hayden um and, and obviously hearing some some great things about just his business brain um, from a good friend and a, a fellow friend of ours, uh, Jordan Shallow. Um, so it was a no-brainer getting him on the podcast and it was a really cool interview. You know, we kind of get a look into uh, the, we get a, a really deep dive into the journey uh, that Hayden's been on in the fitness industry. We get a, a little bit of a look into, um, I guess, how the, the brand Hybrid Performance was born uh, and then we also kind of um, ta- have a bit of a conversation, which I think this is the part you're going to like the most, about um, the importance of acquiring business acumen and business knowledge and the role that's playing in the industry right now. You know, we both hold a pretty strong belief that um, uh, being a great business owner is, is a necessity in today's modern age, especially in the fitness industry. It's not enough to just be a great coach anymore, especially with the opportunities in the digital space and and um, you know the way just the technology is is accelerating and the possibilities that are there. So we we have a really great um, conversation around that, which I think you're gonna really really enjoy. Um, before we dive into that though, um, just some housekeeping, um, some things that we've got coming up this week. We're literally about to finish and cap off our last course for the year, which is our defense course. Um, that's on the back of having an extremely successful uh, business offense course, uh, which is the first time we'd run that. We put a lot of time and effort into it. And for those of you who participated and, and completed it, um, you know, a big thanks to you guys. I'm, I'm super appreciative um, for, first of all, to just be in the position to do something like that, but then to see the time and effort that you guys go into and that really shun through in the final projects, which was quite amazing. And then, you know, teaching the defense course live um, at the moment, so, you know, another 80 students in that at the moment. Um, that takes our total student uh, tally up to 440, which has been quite amazing. Um, considering this is our first year running the the, uh, the courses. Um, so it also sets us up for a massive year next year. We're going to be adding another four courses on top of our two foundational ones, which is really, really exciting. We're really pumped um, to, to kind of be putting together what we believe is the fitness MBA. Um, that's really what we're gunning for at the moment. Creating short courses, really accessible and affordable courses for people to come and, and learn business so that they they understand how to think strategically. I think obviously you guys have heard me talk before, business is taught really tactically. Um, it's all about short-term sales. Um, and, and obviously that's because of the financial pressures that come with running a business. You know, a lot of people are always just thinking about the next next lead the next sale and what we want to teach is business uh, strategic business knowledge and and fundamental principles and skills that allow you to make long-term decisions and start really turning um, your mindset to getting a long-term result and and that's really what makes business sustainable uh, for you guys so 
we're extremely pumped about that. Um, but something that's really exciting that's coming up this week, we had some pretty high-level people go through business offense, which was not expected in terms of um, we, we obviously expected um, you know, to have uh, a really high-level group um, but, you know, we had some, some um, you know, really, really kind of big names come through the course, which was, um, it was amazing. You know, yeah, I think it just added to the experience um, for everybody else in the course as well. And, um, you know, the, the exciting thing is, is that, you know, we see these final projects, I read through every single one of them and including, you know, some of the, the you know, some really renowned experts in the industry. So, after reading through their final projects, I really thought, you know, why not? Why not? I, I really think people need to see this. I really think people need to see the end result of what this course brings, the final projects, the time and effort that people put into it, but also what the industry's best are bringing to the table when it comes to business strategy. So that's the housekeeping. This week, I'm going to be running uh, pretty much like online webinars where we break down the final projects of. Um, uh, a few of the the uh, guys and gals that went through the business offense uh, course, uh, and and we're pretty lucky to have some of these names go through the course. But basically, um, on Thursday at 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, we're going to have Jamie Smith pretty much pre- present his uh, final project to in in front of on, on a live webinar on a Zoom webinar, and I'm going to be offering advice, and we're going to be breaking it down together. Um, and I'm going to be doing the same on Friday at 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time with uh, Dr. Daniel Kirkbride. So he's an up-and-coming osteopath slash educator in the fitness space. And then on Monday at the same time, we're going to be doing, I'm going to be uh, spending some time with Kayla Mulvog. So uh, basically, and, and breaking down her final project as well. Um, but as I said, you know, it's it's really amazing to have such high-level people go through the course, um, and you know, every single one of you have access to these webinars, which means that you can uh, literally jump on and and not only um, get an insight into the course if it's something that you were thinking about doing, and or you want to kind of gain knowledge and skills in business and learn how to scale your business, but you're also going to get an insight into what the best in the industry are doing, and you're going to get some, you're going to be able to literally take those knowledge bombs, take those. Uh, insights and and run and apply them to your own business. So a really cool opportunity that we thought we would just give you guys as a, again, I I just think that, you know, it's something that would be amazing uh, for everybody out there to jump in and do and kind of gain some insight there. So that's going to be really, really cool. All right, I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. Uh, As I said, guys, some really exciting things coming up this week. Um, The links will be in the show notes if you want to register for those Zoom calls. If not, head over to my Instagram or Elite Vitality Education and the links will be in the bios. Enough of me blabbering on, as I always do. Uh, So I I thank you for your patience. We're going to dive in to Industry Insights, which is coming up next. Let's go. All right. So this week on Industry Insights, I have been thinking about what is something that I can bring to the table for you guys. It's a little bit different that, um, you know, obviously is going to play a large impact in where the industry is going and something that's just going to give you, you know, as, as kind of what the name of the uh, segment is, is industry insights, give you something that you can take away and start to think about and, and really kind of put some time and effort and some thought through um, and potentially start to use it as an opportunity. Um, and I think, you know, during COVID, obviously a lot of these uh, topics can be, 
repetitive. Um, but this is something that I think you're not seeing, you know, if you're over in the States, you're not seeing this until, you know, probably in a couple of months. And here in Australia, it's something that's been quite, quite prominent. But basically what I'm talking about is the, uh, the work from home movement. So what I want to do, uh, I, I want to give you three possible outcomes um, that the work from home movement can possibly mean for the fitness industry. Now, these are guesses. These are these are kind of me looking into the future and trying to create uh, provoke some thought from you guys. Um, so, I think that potentially one of them could happen. I think that potentially they could all happen at the same time. So, as I said, this is just some insight for you guys, uh, and we're going to dive into this pretty quickly. But I think we're potentially going to see a massive shift to, towards obviously studio gyms. Um, and I think the reason is is because we're going to see a huge collective of people training um, that were training at big box gyms purely move because the only reason they were really going to these big box gyms is because it was central to their workplace. You know, if you look at these where the big box gyms are situated, it's usually in like a, a town center or it's in the city or, you know, it's all in these kind of really centralized locations. And I think that what we're going to see is a lot of people that were training at those gyms just because it was easy, just because they had that time. I just think that we're going to see that change. And I think we're going to see people really start to, obviously with more time and more flexibility in, in what they can do um, and where they can train and how they can train. I think we're going to see people move away from those big box gyms and really start to flood into these smaller studios. You know, so what does this mean, you know, uh, as a, as a trainer, I think, you know, or a coach or a clinician or whatever it is, I think it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be successful at these big box gyms. I don't think it necessarily means, um, you know, we're going to see a complete shift away. But what I think it means is we need to look at why people are doing this. You know, why why are they doing this? And I think we're just going to see a shift in what people are seeking out when it comes to their health and fitness and their journey. I think we're going to see people starting to seek out things such as community, um, you know, I think that we're going to start see people, uh, you know, start seeking out some enjoyment in what they do, um, and 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 because they've got the option to, you know, because they've got that working from home, um, that that flexibility that working from home provides for them. So I just really think we're going to see a shift towards people wanting to be a part of communities, people um, wanting to train at places that they enjoy, that the environment gives them life, um, and I think that's because it got, it's been taken away. So I think we're going to see that big shift and I think just as a coach, a trainer, clinician, whatever it is that you're doing, I just think we've got to start to look at what that means from a psychological perspective. What are people are seeking and what they're doing now and it could change the way you strategically plan to position your brand or you know maybe grow the business in the future. Number 2, right, is I think that the second consequence that the you know we're going to see from the training from home movement is um, the new technologies. I think that people have enjoyed the extra time that comes with working from home. Um, and the extra time with family, right? The and that's what the working from home does. As I said, it probably just creates more flexibility for people. And the fact that technology is going to accelerate, you know, with everything, you've heard me talk about this before, but, you know, again, being in lockdown, education, you know, having to be from home, the acceleration of um, digital uh, technology, whether that's the software that you do the educating through, whether that's the work from home apps, whether that's the work from home, you know, uh, things such as Mirror and um, Tonal and these kind of things, that are the new fitness technologies, or whether that simply is something like, um, you know, whether that's simply something as, you know, the production, right? What you're seeing now is that the, 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 the demand on great production is going to go through the roof. I just think that we're going to see, you know, um, you know, 
we're going to see people wanting to move more to having that flexibility. I think we're potentially going to see, you know, uh, people wanting to do more workouts from home um, or being open to doing more workouts from home. And that doesn't necessarily mean not going to the gym. It just might mean uh, having a bit more of a balanced lifestyle through. So you can kind of start to see how this might tie into the way you coach, the way you provide your service. You know, I think the, the kind of drive home point is here, there's a company called Peloton and they make, uh, you know, bikes that you can ride inside. They're kind of leading the technology they allow you to race against other people, create community through um, their app. But I think the thing is, is that they've turned a profit for the first time ever, right? Which means that that's the kind of drive home point that technology is accelerating. And these companies are, that the people are moving towards these workouts from home. And I just don't, I just think we are, we overestimate the fact that people, you know, um, aren't enjoying this extra flexibility. Um, people are obviously going to go back to the gym, but I just think we're going to see more people working out from home. And I think that, you know, the possibilities of what can be done at home are exploding because of that acceleration of technology. And then the third one is I think we're going to see a shift in behavior around why people go to the gym. It's really interesting, right? Like, you know, the one thing during lockdowns that people can't do is they can't go to bars or they couldn't go to bars depending on where you're from. You can't go to nightclubs um, and if you can't go to work, you're really missing a lot of that social interaction where gyms can provide that for you. So I think that you know, if, we look at what, if we look at what we're really trying to create in a facility or with our service, I think really what we need to start shifting our perception to is how can we, how can we really tap into network effects, create a community and, and really drive that community, but look at how we can, the strategies we can use to deepen the relationships of all of our customers. I really think that's the OG move is that we really, and again, that's Network Effects 101, and that's kind of been happening all around the world, but I think now people are going to be, they're going to be looking to fill that void somehow, you know, whether it's, you know, if they are working from home, maybe maybe they want to fill that void that they that of that socialization they usually get from work. Um, or you know that they pre- previously were seeking from things such as nightclubs or clubs. I think the gym is probably the new area for that. But also, you know, potentially whatever you're doing, adding some type of community feel where people can deepen their relationships. And even if you are an online service, how can you deepen the relationships of your customers to create that social element? Because I think that's if it's not going to attract more, what it will do is allow you to create more attention because people are going to be seeking out that more. So that's just the insights for the week. I think that, you know, when we look at the work from home movement, they're probably the three scenarios that I think can happen. I think they can all happen. I think maybe a couple of them happen. I think maybe one of them could happen. And guess what? I could be wrong. None of them could happen. All right. So coming up next is our interview with Hayden Bow. Um, strap yourselves in, get the notepad out, get ready to fucking jot down a heap of uh, notes um, because... I just think there's a lot of insight to come from Hayden's mindset around business and just some of the things he has to offer from really building a world-class brand. And that's what hybrid performance is. Let's go. Feels like a waste of time. Had a guy here, uh, like checking on our septic tank and just like just dumb dumb stuff like that so this is my first bit of of productive uh daylight right now start late start but better late than ever i guess yeah you get those days though right like it's there's some of those days and you're just like yeah there's a waste of time oh it's amazing it's like you put two or three of those tasks in a day and your whole day's gone it's like you then you try to think about you're like oh i had a really busy day 
and you're like, oh, I went to the pharmacy, I went to the gym, and now my day's over. That's why, <laughs> that's why I find like, you know, I'm starting to get okay at it, but for I can for a good four years, I just sucked at life so bad. <laughs> like, like this is, you know, yeah, hundred percent. It was kind of like for so long, I just put everything to the side, and now it's like, yeah, you kind of have to do these things. <laughs> <laughs> time like you know i'm yeah very evil 100 um awesome so we are sitting here it is an early start for me it is um i'm i'm happy to be here though and i'm, I'm definitely grateful for the time I'm sitting here with hayden bow so um he is uh partner in crime with steffi uh and owners of hybrid legacy now as uh, hybrid performance hybrid gym uh, m- many different businesses under the umbrella that is hybrid um, and i'm excited because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kind of dive into this brain a little bit and and unpack uh, a little bit about your journey as well but we're gonna also dive into some strategical uh you know some strategic stuff and kind of i want to you, you mentioned something. I listened to your podcast with uh, Jordan and, and Killian. Um, that was fucking great to listen to, by the way. It was so good <laughs> hearing everyone just rip on Jordan for two hours. <laughs> he needs it every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. But there was kind of something that you said in there that we won't dive into it now, but um, there was a part, and I don't know if anyone else really would have picked it up, but it kind of really did uh, you know, I really, my ears did prick up when I heard you say it, but you, there was a part where you, you said to Jordan, oh, well, I think somebody doesn't really have a business. Um, and I reckon that would have kind of like, that probably, you know, that was obviously just a, like a little slight dig. Obviously he's doing really well, but um, it's that kind of, I, I want to unpack that mindset because when I look at obviously, um, I guess from, an, from, you know, with a little bit of knowledge on business and I look at the way you and Steffi uh run your business i you know i actually really respect it because um i reckon in the fitness industry you know the majority don't run their business that way um and i think and what i mean is is like obviously you guys have a really well structured business uh, and actually really position yourselves as business owners where you know a, a lot of the grunt work and a lot of the work in terms of Uh, the operation side of things gets done by obviously the staff and and the employees and and everybody that's in within the team. Um, So we're going to dive into that a little bit later, but where we might start, man, is we might, um, we might, uh, I want to get you guys to, I guess, tell everyone a little bit about your journey in the industry and as a business owner. Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm uh, glad we finally were able to work out this cross the world time zone thing. So thank thank you. Um, yeah, I mean my uh, my sort of fitness journey started with uh, hockey way back in the day, you know, as it does for most Canadians. Uh, and I was never really uh, you know a big guy. So uh, my and my dad played football growing up. So he was like, you know, if you're gonna play a sport that's that's you know rough and violent, and you're not a huge guy, you're gonna have to be strong. So <clears throat> started me working out really young. I ended up uh, just through connections that he had uh, lifting with uh, an Olympic weightlifting coach who, who was great. I think it was probably the best thing for my athletic development at the time uh, at a young age. Um, and the, the contingency of getting trained by that coach was that I also had to compete. Like he, he was a coach who w- he wouldn't just coach rec people. So if I was mm-hmm. lifting with him, I had to compete. And 
it didn't really interest me at the time, actually. I thought it was kind of a pain in the ass and it's a new environment. So I was nervous about the whole thing. But, uh, you know, fast forward a few years, uh, I, I'm heading into university and uh, I realized, well, for first year of university, I thought, you know, I'm going to focus on my academics. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'll drop sports for a bit, just, you know, train for health. And that kind of stuff, you know, which was a huge lie to myself. I, you know, messed around first year as most people do, had a had a good time, but uh, you know, realized that that wasn't sort of, you know, you know, I, I could only do that for so long. So after the first year, uh, I was like, you know, I miss athletics. I miss that competitive sort of spirit uh, that comes along with it, and self improvement and all that stuff that that I've been accustomed to my whole life. Uh, so I was like, what do I really miss? And looking back on my career in hockey, it became clear to me that I really enjoyed the like the training and the gym environment more so even than than playing the sport. Mm. Um, so I, I put myself back in Olympic weightlifting. Found a, a great coach in Canada named Steve Sandor, uh, who's been a, an Olympic coach. Uh, you know, he's competed at a super high level himself in Hungary. Uh, and you know, I started started training there. Um, uh, I was in economics at the time. That's what my degree is in, international economics mm -hmm. and finance. Um, and it, it, it became clear to me too that that really wasn't my main interest. So I started looking for ways that I could, you know, I, I didn't have a, a surefire plan of, of what I wanted to do, but I, was, I wanted to get out in the industry, start meeting people and uh, see what opportunities, you know, could, could arise from that. You know, I think it was... I can't remember who said it, but they said, you know, you missed 100% of the shots you don't take. And that was sort of the mindset that I had was if I just sit here and do nothing and kind of like mope my way through an economics degree, I'm, you know, I'm going to end up working on, on Bay Street, which is Canada's Wall Street. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but it just wasn't what I saw myself doing. So uh, me and my, my girlfriend at the time, over one of the winter breaks for school, I was like, why don't we just head down to North Carolina, where uh, a guy named John North was training. He was very big in Olympic weightlifting at the time. Mm. Probably did more for the sport, uh, like as a, more than any weightlifter, I think, to sort of popularize Olympic weightlifting in, in North America. So shot down there, started training with him over the break, uh, met his coach, who was Travis Mash, who later became my coach. Uh, Travis said, you know, why don't, why don't you come down for the summer? So, you know, we went back did a semester of school, ended up coming down for, I think, three months or however long that break was. Uh, and during that time, uh, both me and my girlfriend and partner, uh, well, became my, my partner, uh, were doing uh, flexible dieting. And a lot of people were, were, didn't have much guidance. You know, there's a lot of people who are going to the, Travis's gym that wanted to lose weight. Uh, and Travis is pretty business savvy himself and kind of saw an opportunity there because everyone was asking us, you know, what we were doing. We were seeing body uh, composition progress. We were, uh, you know, getting stronger and they, they were interested. So he kind of offered us an idea of doing the nutrition coaching side for his um, online team. And he had one of the first quote unquote online teams, uh, and I think at the time they had, you know, a few hundred people, which was enormous for that, yeah. that period of internet coaching, uh, relative to what else was out there. And, uh, yeah, overnight it was just like, boom, he offered it 70 people signed up and then immediately we're like, Oh my God, what do we do? <laughs> we're two people, 
you're trying to crank out 70 programs in, in 24 hours, uh, you know, and it, it was tough and, and it didn't stop like more, the more and more people signed up. And, uh, I, we ended up bringing on, uh, my, my best friend who was actually the one who introduced us to flexible dieting. He's probably one of the smartest, uh, well-rounded nutrition coaches in the industry. His name is uh, Francesco Catalano. Uh, and he, he sort of was in charge of all the continuing education, making sure that we were staying up with all the evidence-based research and all, and all of that stuff. Um, and then slowly, you know, built the, uh, the business from there, uh, until I can't remember what year it was like 2016 or 2017. Uh, I ended up selling my half of that business just for business related reasons. Um, and it's that, that's still around. It's called working against gravity. It's a great, great company and they're, they're still doing well right now. Um, but I wanted to start hybrid. I wanted to offer online training cause I missed that aspect of it. Uh, I thought nutrition was rewarding, but it, it came with a lot of, um, a lot of like emotional baggage that, you know, you're dealing with people yeah. they have a very, it's such a dynamic based, right? It is. You're, you're taking on, uh, a lot of the stress that other people have in their lives. So, um, it wasn't something necessarily I wanted to do, uh, personally long-term love the service. Uh, so what we ended up doing, I, st- I launched the training side of the, the uh, program, worked really hard on that with, with Steppy. Um, and that was sort of also just an organic thing. Like we were training for powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting at the time. Enough people asked us like, how are you doing both? Uh, so we saw that, you know, there's an, an interest there. We didn't want to give 30% to, you know, a company that can host your program. So we decided to build our own software, mm. uh, you know, and, and launch the program from there. And, um, yeah, the training was kind of, it was, it was awesome to see. We beta tested with, I always love telling this part of the story cause it was just so shocking to us. We never had any idea, but, uh, when we first launched the program, we we're like, let's see, let's try to get like 10, 15 people to beta test this program. We'll give them a reduced rate and that'll be like the incentive for it. Um, let's, we'll throw it up on Instagram. And, you know, we didn't have crazy followings. I maybe had 10,000 at the time. This was actually back then I had more followers than Steffi did, which is crazy. <laughs> to but uh, she had, I don't know, 6,000 or something like that. And we just put it out. Hey, we're looking for people to beta test this program. This is what it's all about. If you want to apply, shoot us an email. And uh, we ended up getting in tw- like less than 24 hours, 400 applications to be a beta tester. So oh. we were like, Oh, wow. Okay. There's a, there is a real interest here. You know, this, yeah. this has been, cool. um, we ended up accepting a hundred people to beta test the, the program, which was great. They went through, you know, helped us work out all the bugs. Um, and from there, it just, it grew. We just, you know, we tried to give people, people are pretty good at telling you what they want. Uh, you know, and we decided to listen to that. So if we got enough requests, uh, for any type of program, uh, even if it was outside of our scope, we'd go, we'd find a coach to coach that program. We'd add it to the, uh, to, to the, the list of programs. And, you know, our first one, like I said, was that combination of Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting. And I think we have like 18 different programs now. So it's really expanded a ton, our offering, uh, you know, and we're, we're just trying to add, you know, keep listening to people. We're adding, we just added courses because people yeah, were asking that. that just launched this week. Um, you know, the gym apparel, all those things sort of just came out of, uh, out of demand and, and paying attention to, to, you know, what, what people wanted. Yeah. I mean, 
So is that, do you reckon that's kind of, cause I mean, that's something that I think like, it's one of the easiest things to do in business, but it's one of the, the most overlooked, like, you know, like even you, I kind of kick myself a little bit at, at times and you kind of, you're always searching for the answer. Right. And then a lot of the time, like we just, we, we kind of just launched, we got a consulting program that we, we run, um, and we got like a, a heap of members in there and, you know, we just fixed our MPS up in, and kind of really put a lot of effort into a, just an, a, a really good MPS and, and kind of feedback form. And like, we just had our first responses and the old one was okay, but it just, it wasn't kind of giving us what we needed. And then all of a sudden we, we launched this new one and it's a game changer because it just tells us exactly what we need to do. Like, instead of trying to think of, you know, the, the next winning strategy, it's like, it's given to you on a platter. So is that kind of like, do you, do you think that's probably, is that like one of the, I guess the, the, the key influences in how you guys just decide what, what's going to come next? Yeah, it was, well, we did it in a very basic way early on, but now more than ever data collection is, is the, I think the most important part of what allows us to continue to grow. We, uh, our COO, uh, Ian Kaplan, some some people know him just this he's like he's like a rain man type character just yeah yeah, yeah. i've heard you on talk about him so uh he has basically self-taught himself how to be a, da- a data scientist so, you know so he's doing a lot of coding he's doing a lot of things for our online store that allow us to collect uh data that we wouldn't have otherwise you know and he's done some really cool things like just one off the top of my head he built this program where we do a thing called uh, mystery shirts with on the apparel side of the business where we'll, we'll release uh, shirts that are from past drops. You know, maybe it's like, Oh, we missed the, we thought we sold out, but we missed a couple in the inventory. And, you know, there usually are, are things sell out really quick. So it's people, people get the chance to buy them at a discount and, and you know, they, they, they do it. So uh, it's a, it's a great deal, but we ran into a problem where sometimes people would, continuously buy mystery shirts and they'd get like three of the same shirt you know and then it made made us and especially him start thinking well that's one one scenario that's a negative experience for the user but even on a lower level than that what if they just get a shirt that they don't identify with you know there's definitely we take different angles if you know if you're a guy who likes kind of classic uh athletic varsity style stuff we have that but we also have very different apparel very like streetwear oriented stuff you know and if you're someone who doesn't identify with one of those or or you know with with the shirt that you get then you're probably not going to buy a mystery shirt again and the program that he built will show our uh, warehouse staff right beside the order number it'll say the top three shirts that that person will like based on you know if they any of the other purchases they made through hybrid so and based on the inventory that that we have, so it's a really unique and cool thing to be able to have access to something like that because you know it it, it on a much deeper level it, it's just an advanced way using data to do the same thing, listen to what people are saying they want and and provide that for them. But we're doing that across the board in all all the different areas of the business. That's uh that <laughs> that's wild. I think I think. And again, I think it's a really good point, right? Because I think like, you know, a lot of the time, especially for, for a company like yours, right? Where from the outside looking in, it can a lot of the time just look like, oh, you know, big following, 
you know, it's, it's easy and these kind of things. And I think like a lot of the time that's a mistake about a business owner from the outside looking in can make is just like, it's just, it's as simple as having a following and, and then it all kind of comes together. And I think, you know, I mean, I, I and I know this cause I'm, I'm being pretty lucky to, to chat with some, you know, pretty um, successful business owners. And it's kind of like, what's under the hood, you know, is, is a lot of the time, what's the most important thing. And, and I think, even just people hearing you kind of talk about that is probably going to put things into perspective. It's like, you know, a lot of the time it it really is, you know, there's functions in business and a lot of the time the successful businesses, it's not just the following. It's especially, you know, I look at, I've done a bit of research into you guys and um, just because I like to do that. And, um, you know, what I've seen was, you know, hybrid apparel actually outpaces hybrid nutrition in Google searches. And I'm like, that is just OG, man. Like, you know, the, the fact that like hybrid apparel has come second, you know, and it's, it's kind of like probably come a little bit later on, but the ability to, um, to kind of, I guess, get hybrid apparel, hybrid, hybrid legacy now to that point is just like super impressive. But, you know, without knowing that you naturally just think like, oh yeah, like it's, you know, again, if you, if you're kind of just looking at it on a surface level, you you'd probably don't see the effort and and kind of work that goes into that and the the i guess the uh the the specifics i guess like and and kind of the strategies which is i mean it's, it's kind of cool to hear that because as i said i've done a little bit of research and if you would ask me i probably wouldn't have wouldn't have said that either but what i i, I kind of would have said you guys have just over invested in it right like the the production that you guys go to it's you know it's second to none but man that's cool to hear and i think it's a it's a good insight for i guess people listening uh to kind of yeah. understand that you know there is a lot more that goes into business and and you're gonna you've got to kind of put a lot more into it if you want to kind of get it to to the level that you guys are at sure i, I think it's a natural part of uh you know a business lifespan when, when you first start out your goal is how can i continue to make money and acquire uh, customers so that this business can survive and grow. Right. That's why most people start businesses. Um, but I think the longer you're in it, the more your mindset needs to change from just client or customer acquisition to improving customer experience, because that's ultimately what's going to grow the customer lifetime value for your business. Right. Like I, like you said, it might be easy for, for some Instagram celebrity who has 2 million followers to get their followers to buy into something once, you know, but it's, it's the Mm. longevity part that I, I think is missed when people have that mindset, Mm. because like you said, what under, what's under the hood, that's the same thing as, you know, what you're offering and what the customer experience is going to be is so, so important, you know, and a, a huge, and we are aware of that so much now that we've, we basically spent the last year and a half completely rebuilding the software that we use to distribute workout programs. So actually the one that you see on the website now come January 1st is our target release date. It's going to be uh, mobile first. So through the app store uh, or on Android, whatever their app store is called. Um, and it's going to be just a much easier user experience. I think a lot better people are going to be able to just do a lot of things that are going to just make their life easier and, and working out more fun. And I think we're going to have something that's going to lead the industry in, in that sense, but 
we did have that shift because for the longest time it was just like, okay, Steppy has this huge following. We can monetize it, you know, but yeah, I think the longer you're in business, the more you realize that you just have to improvement on the services that you already have a lot of the times go a lot further than like firing up a million different verticals. And we have, we have a fairly large, you know, number of verticals. Uh, but we realized that if we just continue to do that, we won't be able to give those things the time and attention that they need to, you know, to, to, to represent us in the way that we want to represent ourselves as, as a business. So, I mean, we've, we've also dumped a lot into uh, people. I think that's huge. You know, just the team has grown over this. We basically doubled our payroll over this uh, coronavirus pandemic because we wanted to be able to keep, not just keep the level of, uh, you know, the, the image and the, the quality of work that we have, but improve it. And uh, I mean, I think if you look at our, our media and stuff from like even a year ago compared to today, it's a night and day difference. So it's, it's all part of that process. Yeah. Um, there's so much to unpack there. The, the um, that's so it's, it's really interesting, right? Cause I think like, I reckon the more you kind of, the more, the deeper you get into business, the more you understand that the, if we're looking at kind of the, I guess this, three kind of touch points in brand that you can have pre-purchase purchase post-purchase like the more that you invest into post-purchase and the more that you keep dumping money into that so team and and obviously you guys building that new software like all of this stuff it kind of when you have a uh i guess a bias to to putting and and kind of investing into post-purchase um for me it's like it's just the more, and as, as you guys, as you just said, the more I kind of get into it, the more I realize that's where the money should be going because, you know, that's, again, it's it kind of create, you, and you said it before, again, it's like you can get somebody to buy once, but what's going to really inevitably bring you that sustainable long-term success is that repeat purchase that how can I, you know, get our most loyal fans or our kind of most loyal customers, the, the guys that are, you know, the, that probably aren't really going to shop anywhere else for what we do uh, and just keep providing that customer experience for them. And, and, you know, the reality is that's a, that's a hard equation to crack uh, unless you're willing to invest, you know, human and, and obviously monetary capital into that element of your business. So, um, Mm -hmm. and you know, that's what shows. And then obviously you know, you guys do a lot of, um, I think like in, in today's society as well, the production stuff is, is huge. Like, you know, the one thing I've been saying over the last, since Corona is the very start is that you, you know, production has just become so much more important because trust is gone. So, you know, like, in a in, like anybody can make money in a, in a booming economy, man, like that's the reality, but it's like, you have to have some serious skills and, and kind of understanding of business to make it work in, uh, well, not necessarily, but you know, it helps in, in a in a kind of an economy that's you know not not um, in the greatest position. So I think production and over investing in production and and it's it's going to be for a, a good two years because when trust goes away, people are only going to trust you know they, they, they're they're only going to trust brands or there's only going to be certain brands that they trust and that's who they're going to spend their money with. And I think um, I loved it because as I said, it you guys started rolling it like I seen like. Steffi riding 
it's like an Instagram post, her riding a motorbike. I'm like, fuck, how does anyone compete with that? Like, but <laughs> um, it was cool, man. But yeah, I think like that's, that's kind of like the, you know, the, the obviously the overinvest in post-purchase and, and have a bias towards where you put your capital and, and like, you know, if you can, not everybody's going to be able to do it, but um, if you can get into the, you know, obviously the, the software and technology side with the data, you know, the data game there just helps you kind of grow and, and then obviously the overinvest in production to try to create that premium brand look. Um, it's huge. It's huge, especially with the acceleration of technology that's going to come, you know, like zoom fucking crazy on the stock market. Right. And it's like, just, you know, the, the innovation that's going to come through, I reckon ed tech and, and kind of, you know, softwares around cameras and, and all, you know, even podcasting is just going to, uh, you know, I, I kind of did this little video and like Apple now fucking just coming into the fitness industry with Apple fitness. Like it's not going to, I don't think it's going to take clients from anyone, but I think it's just going to raise the perception of what a premium brand is, right? Like, you know, people are going to start looking and they're going to associate Apple fitness with a premium brand and they're going to look over and, you know, uh, if you can kind of, not match it, but you know, if you can kind of create the same perception for your brand, it's a, it's a, it's a winner. For sure. And I, and I think another thing people kind of get lost with is just the idea of how the, the numbers game of this all really works. You know, you don't need to appeal to a billion people like Apple does. Right. If you can, you can, appeal, if you have 10,000 followers on Instagram or you have 5,000 followers on Instagram, to convert those into loyal repeating customers, you really don't need that many people in order to, to make a business successful. You know, the buy-in rate can be pretty, pretty low, but as long as those people you're doing all the things like investing in a customer experience, like we're saying, the people are going to stick with you and, and buy early on or uh, continuously return for your services. But I think the production value thing, it, it, it's a whole, it's a whole other animal because at the very high level, things are, are, you know, they're getting competitive in terms of media. A lot of companies, you know, used to try to differentiate themselves by that alone, but now all the big players have that. But with that being said, I think that shouldn't discourage people who are trying to enter the space because like you said, the advancements in technology have been insane. You can shoot 4k video on your iPhone now, you know, and, and you can shoot at night and it, with a new one, it like corrects for it being dark. It does like all these things that, you know, you would have had to pay $5,000 for a camera, you know, 10 years ago. So you have that advantage along with, you know, being able to self-teach and there's, that's part of, I think the, the movement in education or fewer people, every generation are, are going to formal, uh, going through formal education. and They're learning the things they want to learn online for a fraction of the price. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what, what they're interested in. Um, and I think that if you, if you're really serious about starting a business, your image is the most important thing, the image of the business. And it's, it's something that we realized early on. And even when it was just Steffi and, and I running it, we, we made the brand look and feel like it was much bigger than it was, you know, it was sort of like, you know, dress for the role you want, not the role you have kind of deal. Um, you know, and it, that, that takes effort, but even if you're just a one man show, there's so many courses you can take online for photography and, and media production and all that stuff. 
even our, our media director, Caesar, in his spare time, he, he makes videos. So you can follow him on Instagram at Caesar Lorca. I think I followed him yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And he just, he'll give you tips for free just because it's what he loves to do. You know, that's the guy who's making, you know, all of our stuff. So if you like the look of, of our brand and image, that's, it's a, he's a great resource. Um, but there's many people like that, you know, like mm. the, the excuse of, oh, I don't have the, the resources. It's, you really do. It's just a matter of, of time and investing your own time into to learning things. You can scrape together a hundred bucks for a course or what, you know, if it's, what, if, if it's really what matters to you, if it's a priority. But uh, yeah, I think not to let, throw too many quotes. I feel like I'm turning into jo Jordan Shallow with all the qu quotes here, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I like this one a lot. And uh, it, it's just, I don't know if I came up with it or not, but I've always said a little bit goes a long way when everybody else is doing nothing. And most people are doing nothing. You know, the, the vast majority of people are doing very little to differentiate themselves. You know, they're posting on Instagram saying, accepting five new clients, you know, and hit me up at strongguy at gmail.com or whatever, you know, but they're not it's very clear that it's just a hustle and they're just trying to make a few extra bucks, you know, or, and I think that that, that it's so transparent that it's, you're not going to get a, a lot of traction or a lot of people taking you seriously that way. Yeah. Like I think that's, uh, this is kind of like, man, this is like the problem though is like, we're in a, we're in a, a generation where business is being taught by advertisers right and and the problem is it's it's only ever in, about the next client and it's like it's you know it's i almost kind of think of it like, like advertising's part of business man but the way it's taught now in the fitness industry like you know there's and and there's just gurus everywhere right teaching people facebook ads but the problem is is that if you don't have an un, a deep understanding of business principles and and you know the global system that is business like you 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 kind of get stuck in that mindset and you know like you said the word before differentiation like i, I honestly don't think business like 90 percent of business owners actually look at business that way like i just don't think that even go they don't even know that's in that exists right. you know like but it's the foundation you know like that is if you're building your business on something it's got to be that how do you differentiate from your competitors if you can't do that there's no way that you can capture market share like you don't even know market share exists right so it's kind of like I mean, this is the thing that frustrates me the most. Like we're kind of, we, we're doing courses now as well, purely for that reason, because like everybody's teaching like fucking how to bend the truth on a fucking Instagram handle, like, or an Instagram caption. Nobody's teaching foundational principles of business. And it's like the, I, I believe it just makes the industry fragile. Like, you know, and makes individuals fragile. Like, you know, crazy stat over here man i keep saying this people are gonna hate it but i keep saying it like it was like 75 percent of business owners in australia fitness business owners wouldn't make it past one month without uh stimulus from the government like assistance and yeah. for me i'm just like like i mean i understand it's like you know unfortunate man but damn like 75 percent it's like it, it's a huge number and as much as people want to get upset at governments i think you can you can only worry about the things that are in your control and if you can't float yourself for a couple months then your business is not in good shape you made some mistakes in in the way you're running your business you know so uh i i do feel bad for those those people it's an unfortunate situation but it's something that you know had they 
done things differently should have been avoidable. And I, th I think just to go back to what you were saying before, the people who are, you're right, like mar marketing is the only part of business that is taught in to the gen pop, you know, over all these different sort of social media mediums. And uh, it's it's 100% acquisition focused, you know, and that makes your business incredibly fragile in any sort of economic crisis because what we offer, no matter the price point, is a luxury service. You know, if if I'm if I don't have a ton of money and I'm I'm scraping pennies together to make bills, you know, what's going to go first? Probably my gym membership, probably my nutrition coach, you know like all of those luxury services that just make you feel good in the head and, and, you know, help you with the non, well, it depends who you ask, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, the non-essential parts of life. So it's, if you are not creating that connection with a client where they want to stay because they're getting so much more value than what they're paying for, that you just don't have a chance. And I think you see that a ton. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, if, I reckon if you lack business acumen, all you can see is symptoms, right? So, you know, you don't actually see the root cause of problems. And I think that's what that, the kind of that desperate cycle of acquisition teaches you. It's like, you know, again, it's like you've got these kind of predators that know that if they just put the carrot in front of people who can only see their symptom, like, oh, you know, if, if I just had more customers, my all my problems would go away. And then it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to put up an ad and, and kind of teach fit pros how to acquire 10 new leads. And it's like, yeah, that's all good and well. Um, but the, the problem is, is you never act, you're just putting a bandaid on it. Like, and, and that's the fragility, you know, it's like, as soon as something, you know, it, it only works until it doesn't. Right. And then it's like, then what, you know, and, and, and then, then there's no customer service. There's no, you know, what's the, the, uh, you know, the average kind of lifespan of a client, you know, how much repeat purchase are you getting, you know, all of this kind of stuff comes into it, but it just doesn't get looked at. So then what you've got is it's like this revolving door, right. And it's just like, it just keeps going and going and going. And then eventually, you know, as I said, like COVID, right. It comes in and just sweeps the floor, you know, and, and unfortunately, I mean, that's what our business is built on, man. Like at the moment, it's like laddering against that, trying to trying to kind of bring some actual education into the system, um, because that's the that's the that's the only, when I started to actually learn, you know, all the, the the global system of business. That's when I started to to be able to maneuver and strategically think about where our business would go. And you know, I built a business up and then kind of got out of that. And now I'm into the business I'm in now, but you know, the same thing, right? It's like, it's just, if you don't have that global understanding and how all the elements and pillars and, and kind of integrate and, and affect each other, just the same as the human body, you know, like it's the human bodies of, it's the same system in a sense. It's like, you know, if you kind of don't, un if you only understand physiology and you have no understanding of psychology, you know, or, you know, the different, you know, the other systems, it's kind of like, well, you, you you're fragile, you know, like eventually somebody's going to have an issue and you're not going to know how to fix it and they're going to leave. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you made an interesting note of the uh, coaches, coaching coaches thing. You know, I think that is a really interesting new industry to me of the coach who coaches coaches to coach coaches who coach coaches to coach. <laughs> you know, it's like this pyramid scheme type thing where the top one charges 50 grand a year 
then he'll have two clients who charge 25 and you know it, it's it's this like never-ending scale and i think a lot of times the top of that pyramid is is headed by people who are at the most vulnerable part of their business life's uh, lifespan you know they haven't had the crash yet they haven't seen what happens when enough people have done their program that the the, the hype fades and you know, you like, who's your steady business? Or is it just, you're used to posting. Every time I post an Instagram post, I get five people to sign up. You know, like that's an unrealistic expectation to have for the entirety of, of mm. right. But that's what these coaches are coaching coaches. And then those coaches are coaching, you know? And um, I think, yeah, I think it's dangerous. I think it's really dangerous. And I think there's a ton of value in a legitimate service like that. But I do think people prey on on other people, and or their 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 confidence uh, in what they're doing is higher than what their actual the actual value they're providing is. So well, that's what it is, right? It's hype building. Like you know, it's it's as I said before, it's like you just. I find a lot of the time it's like you're just teaching people. It's like you know, if you only ever learn business from a snake oil salesman, you only ever know how to sell snake oil, right? It's like you know, we got people teaching people just how to simply tell a lie within their Instagram post to try to just, just to make a buck. Right. And then it's like, that's, if that's all you ever know how to do, like, let's just forget business for a second, eventually internally, like that's going to come crushing down at some point. Like that is not, you cannot sustain that. Like just on a psychological level. Right. It's like, that's one part, but as a business owner as well, like it's extremely fragile, but you know, it's, I mean, it's unfortunate, man, but that's the kind of beast of social media, right? It's like, there's just, it, op- it opens the floodgates. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's a weird world. We're the, we're the last generation to who really knows what life was like before social media. Mm. You know, I have this weird thing where it's like, I feel like we're, we're like uh, Morpheus or Keanu Reeves, you know, took the red pill. And we've seen, you know, we've seen the before and after, but for these kids who are growing up now, it's like, how do you know you're in the matrix if you've only ever been in the matrix, you know? And I feel like that's, that's That's a good way to put it. I haven't actually thought about it like that before. Yeah. I mean, and that's, it's exactly what's going on because you go on social, it's their source of everyone's source of news, entertainment, uh, education. It's everything, right? If I want to learn about, uh, you know, physical, therapy the topic i'm gonna go check out pts on instagram you know or youtube or whatever so people are putting like a a great deal of trust into people who have a blue check mark beside their name or who have a ton of followers and and sometimes you stumble onto a page like steffi and you're in luck and you you, even if you trust her blindly you know she's going to give you evidence-based stuff but i think a lot of those people wouldn't know the difference if they stumbled onto a page that you know was completely in the other direction and uh I mean, I guess that's kind of part of our our business mission is to, you know, we're not the type of people to go out and, and slam people who are, you know, even if they're offering bad information, they're trying to do their best. I, we choose to try to combat that by just doing our best version of, uh, of what we think should be out there. So that's why that, the education part of, of hybrid is something that we're putting a lot into uh, starting now and going forward. We just released, like I said, the first two courses and we're going to keep building on that. Steffi just wrote a book, which is awesome. You know, and I, we're just trying to put, put all the good stuff out there. 
because uh, that's really that's all you can do. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I think if you know you you, you don't want to like again, I, I'm the same. Like I don't, I'm not. My job isn't here to point fingers. I mean, we're just trying to provide information, even just the conversation about it to create awareness, so people might, you know, just look on Instagram a little bit differently next time, and and then obviously just keep putting out content, keep putting out information, and uh, you know, hopefully it it starts to. I guess just move the needle in the right way a little bit. Yeah. That's the goal. Uh, so I just want to unpack, I want to go back to that Jordan question, right? So the, your philosophy on, on business, I guess, or if it's a philosophy, but you kind of mentioned how, and as I said, it was a little deep, but it was kind of like somebody doesn't really have a real business. Do you want to unpack? Not, not like, do you want to unpack what that means in a sense? Cause like, obviously I think that tells us a little bit about your philosophy on business. I just can't remember the context of. Uh, oh no, what? it was like it was kind of. I don't know. I think everybody was ripping on Jordan a little bit, but I think it was more like in terms of obviously being really in your business compared to obviously running the business. So, um, you oh. know, I think because that's a problem as well. Like, I think that there's a you know, especially because a lot of fitness businesses are craftsmen, right? It's like you know, everybody's kind of coming and they've got their craft, but then obviously a lot of the, no, no, there's a lot of opportunity in, in, um, uh, a lot of the opportunities in the fitness industry, kind of you're, you're your own business owner in a sense, you kind of start off as a one man band and then it starts to, to kind of expand from there. But I think the context is like, um, there's probably a bit of a difference in being so in your business compared to actually running a business. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, and that's, that's, again, that's something that, you know, when, when you start a business, you're, you have to be super involved. You know, when we started hybrid, it was me behind a computer answering as customer service. It was me, you know, posting on the Instagram, uh, Steffi writing articles and, and that, that was it. We did every job. We had 20 different hats. We were shipping our, our own shirts out at the post office. You know, we were, did everything. It was exhausting. And I think that it's easy, especially if you're a perfectionist, as I think most business owners are, you don't want to relinquish that control. I know it's something that Jordan's definitely struggled with because we've ta I've talked to him about it. Um, not just relinquishing control and being able to delegate, but knowing when it's appropriate to do so, you know, and I think it, it's kind of fun to be there at the ground level, but it's, uh, it's a lot of busy work. You know, if you're the visionary for your brand and, and you're the person who's trying to come up with all the high level ideas and be a creative and, and, you know, do all the things that actually make your business successful and grow, then you can't be running to the post office five times a day. You can't be wasting your time, you know, cleaning up the office and all the, the million tasks that can distract you from doing what's actually your job, you know? And I think the more we've been in it, the more we've realized that it's not only um, better for us to treat it that way, but it's our responsibility as business owners to behave that way. Because we, we have a team of over 50 people now. And those people, you know, they, they all work their ass off to, to help the company grow and to do their job the best. They don't need me doing their job, you know, and, and Ideally, it gets to a point where all Steffi and I do will say yes and no to certain ideas and and, and provide creative input when uh, when it's needed, you know. 
and direction. But I think that's, that should be the goal. I think of every business owner, you know, is to be as hands off of the day-to-day mundane, low, low value tasks, uh, as you can. Yeah. It's extremely, it's, I think it's one of the hardest things to do, right? Like, I mean, it is, it really is like, I think, cause it's, and like, I kind of, you know, like with Jordo, right. He's, he's, a, he's built it, you know, he's obviously, um, put so much effort and time and that's probably the hardest thing as a business owner with us all, right. You put so much time and effort in and then you almost kind of got to hand the reins over. But I think the more you kind of do that, you know, our team's kind of growing as well. Now we're up to 10 people, right. So it's, um, it's one of those things. Once you hand the reins over, you actually realize that it's, it's better for the business, you know, in, in the end, it's kind of one of those things that the more you do it, obviously some, sometimes, you know, you, you do it extremely well, you kind of have a really successful hire and, and kind of bring people in. And then obviously other times it doesn't work. That's, that's the game that you're playing. Um, and obviously you try to your best to learn from those and, and kind of bring the team. But I think once you hand the reins over a bit and, and kind of, you know, you start to understand that obviously leverage plays a massive role in, in growing the business and there's always diminishing returns or I guess a ceiling to, to where you can go um, while you're in a mindset of not wanting to hand those reins over or at least being uh, fearful of, of what could happen. You know, the, the reality is, is that there will always be that ceiling there. I mean, social media does help with that a little bit. Like it's kind of, it's giving people more opportunity and more scope, but you know, the reality is, is that the more you do it, I think the first two or three highs is always the hardest. Right. And then once you kind of get beyond that, it, it gets a little bit easier. And, and I'm sure once, with you guys having such a large team now, it's, it's kind of like clockwork, but um, that was just a comment, man, that I kind of picked up on in, in the conversation. I was like, Oh, like, you know, I guess it really, obviously you guys have been able to, to uh, grow an extremely successful brand. So I think an insight like that, um, although some people might know it and kind of see it on a surface level, it's one of those things that I think, you know, the, the guys we deal with, you know, it's, it's one of the hardest things for them to do. Um, you know, a lot of them, like we got some guys, man, and like, they're really good at what they do. Like they're really good at what they do, but some of the hours, man, it's like, wow. Like, and this is just absolute, you know, it's like grunt work, you know, and, and trying to, you know, trying to change that mindset where we can go, okay, you know, you could just bring in like even just a VA, even just like a VA that just takes care of your, your calendar, your emails, like, and, and maybe does a little bit of social media posting in a sense, like you still write it all, like all of this stuff that, you know, all of the, the elements of your business that you're currently not consistent in and, and is lagging, that's where you should be hiring and bringing people in. And then once you get to that point, I think the next step is we start bringing in some absolute killers, right? Like, try to really find that top end talent and, and kind of people that are really going to drive the ship. Um, and, and like, you know, we've just found a couple ourselves and it just makes such a big difference. Like when you, when you can, you can outsource and you can focus more on strategy. Yeah. I think, you know, when, when you start a business, you initially start hiring it based on proximity, people who are close to you, who loosely fit what you're looking for. And the bigger you grow and the more resources you have, the more purchasing power you have to get the people who are, the best of their job. And I think anyone who's struggling to, to bring people on at a point where you have the resources to do so, I honestly just think you need to check your, your ego because if, if what you're doing can 
you know, if, if you are doing five things and all of those five things can be a full-time job for somebody, you're not doing them properly. You know, if you have a side hustle or if you have the time to have a side hustle, you have the time to get better at what your existing job is, you know? And I think yeah. that, I think that you're crazy. If you think like, imagine if I tried to do all our media, you know, I can't compete with Caesar. You <laughs> guys I've ever met, you know, or, you know, or what I'm going to teach myself to be a data scientist like Ian, like it's, it's impossible. You know, Th those are jobs that I'm not the best suited for. So yeah. it's only hindering the business for me to continue to try to and do that. You know, a guy like, like Jordan, like you let that, you let that guy work. He's going to work all day, all night. He's never he, like scheduling, not his forte. So I think, you know, he shouldn't be trying to be his own secretary, you know, and, and he realized that. And now his life is infinitely better because he has somebody else who's, who's, you know, handling that stuff for him. But, you know, I think that goes in all areas of business in with all different jobs and skills. I think it's super important to identify. Yeah. hundred percent. So, all right, we're going to finish it here. What, uh, I guess, uh, what's one piece of advice that you, you would give a business owner uh, in the current environment, obviously the world's, in a bit of a, you know, it's a, it's a crazy situation. So dynamic, man. Like we just got out of a four and a half month lockdown where we could go outside for like an hour a day um, here in Melbourne. Like it was, it was pretty crazy, but um, we're out now and, you know, it seems like everywhere else is starting to, you know, like I, I know uh, over in America, I'm not kind of hundred percent over it, but I see that there's different States going into lockdowns and these kind of things. What, what's one piece of advice you would give a business owner? listening to this in this current environment i have two if i can go for two I yeah think, man yeah shoot I the first one is uh i think about the hundreds not the the millions i think like people get overwhelmed it's a lot of big players in the space if you're if you're in the online fitness business and you see a company like ours that can be intimidating you think how can i compete you know but no matter who you are how, how weird your interests are the world is a, is a very, very big place. And there are going to be people who identify with what you represent. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think a lot of people will go on, online and they'll see, okay, this person does it this way. I'm going to try to do that, you know, but you're not going to do me better than I do me. Mm -hmm. You have to do you the best, you know, and uh, only you can do that. And it sounds a bit cliche, but it's the truth. You know, you, you, if you're transparent in, in your, your offering and your interests, you're going to find people that uh, identify and want to associate with that. So I think that's the first thing. Um, okay. I can't remember where I was going with the second one. That, that was the more important of the two, but um, if I remember, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up and, and let you know. Yeah. We maybe might chuck in the show notes, but awesome, yeah. man. I, I think it's, I think it's the truth, right? It's a lot of the time it's the simple things that work and, and, you don't need to go searching for the big, as so we kind of said at the start, but it's the simple things that work. And I, I definitely agree with that, that last bit. Awesome, man. Um, I want to say a big thanks for your time, brother. And thanks for coming on the show. Um, it's probably a, probably um, going to get released in, in, a, in a week or so. So I'll, I'll definitely let you know, but yeah, big thanks. And um, there's some, some kind of good insights that people will be able to get some, um, some lessons out of, yeah, happy to. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on the show.
Okay, so the arena. This is the part of the podcast where I just share some insight. I share my thoughts um, on, I guess, a really important part of business for me and something that I think is really important. That's building character. I think understanding your mental qualities, um, building philosophies, uh, learning from mistakes. I think you know the understanding your own psychology and and the way you're wired and just things that uh, the the personal development side, the things that play such a big role in not only your development in business but your development as a person, you know, reaching your potential in life, building great relationships, you know, being a a person of value and somebody um, who is is there for other people and is there for the people that you love. I just think that this is a really big part that gets neglected a lot of the time. So, you know, again, I'm no expert but I just think that I I really really love this stuff and I wouldn't... You know, I, w- I probably wouldn't enjoy this podcast if I didn't do something like this or it didn't have this element to it because it's not all just business and strategy and, and all that kind of stuff. It is the the deeper side. So, you know, I was kind of thinking during the week and um, you know, having conversations. I, I obviously meditate quite heavily and I've, I've upped my meditation to over an hour a day now. Um I just thought I was neglecting that side and and some insights have come from that and also having conversations with different people is something that I noticed is that humans are really good at gripping onto things to try fill the voids and trying to fill voids. I think that, you know, I really think that a lot of the time the, the game we're playing in life is how can I avoid pain at all costs? You know, I think, you know, I can think of many times in my life where I would try my best to avoid pain, whether that's by creating an identity that I'm not, whether that's by avoiding doing something, avoiding dealing with something. You know, I think one of the, there's a lot of these easy kind of things that, you know, we're all wired in different ways and we, we, you know, whether it's autonomous or not or unconscious or not, we we try our best to avoid pain. And I, th- I guess the question is, is like, you know, what what is pain, right? And And identifying what is pain and, you know, it's anything that we don't enjoy going through. You know, I think that a lot of the time when we feel like we're not going to enjoy something, we're wired to survive. When we know this is going to upset us, it's going to make us feel a certain way. Um, you know, we, we avoid it at all costs and we live lives. We can do this for our whole life and that's the crazy thing about this. And, you know, for me, for some reason, meditation has played such a pivotal role. Uh, it's played such a pivotal role in my development as a person and... You know, it's allowed me to recognize times, you know, when I was avoiding certain things because I didn't want to experience that emotion. I, you know, I could count on my hand, um, you know, from simply becoming more conscious, more aware of my, my emotions, more aware of my thought, my, my thinking patterns and, and aware of myself and, and the energy that's going through my body without kind of sounding too woo-woo. Um, meditation has allowed me to recognize that on a greater level and that's allowed me to understand when I'm avoiding something maybe I'm gripping onto something maybe I'm maybe I'm working you know 12 hours a day simply to avoid the pain of a relationship or seeing my family or you know having to go do something that I don't want to do that I know is going to make me feel a certain way and I guess the insight for me is instead of living unconsciously instead of avoiding pain you know, only seeking satisfaction outside of ourselves, you know, make your journey through life one that 
of just simply letting things be as they are, right? And I think that's one of the things that I learned from meditation. Big shout out to Sam Harris, teaching the, the skill of mindfulness is that letting things be as they are and accepting these things and not trying to avoid pain, but instead trying to find peace in it, right? Because it's, it's a, you have to understand, and this is something that I think rings home for all of us, right? A lot of the things we feel pain about is also the things we feel passionate about. You know, if I'm trying to grow my business and I feel pain because it's not happening, I'm, almost, I'm also the most passionate about my business, right? The things, you know, when I feel pain in a relationship, it's because I'm almost, I'm, I'm in love with it the most. You know, I'm in love with my partner the most. I feel the most passion there. Without pain, we, we do not have passion, if we wish to not seek pain, we will never experience passion in life. And, you know, I just think that, you know, without hurt, without pain, you cannot understand what it's like to feel that pleasure, to feel that passion. And that's just not a life I want to live. Meditation, now you don't have to meditate, but what you need to do is let go of whatever it is you're holding on to because you're scared to fail, to, you know, and, and to fall in... You're scared to, you know, you got to let go because, you know, of whatever you're you're scared of, whatever you don't want to feel, right? And, you know, you have to be ready to experience pain and have the experience of a lifetime because that's really what pain is. You know, you, you know, you need to be ready to let go and free fall because whether it's painful or not, right, that is where our passions lie and our passions is what brings us fulfillment. So... I just think that letting go is one of the, you know, the greatest things that you can do. Stop filling the void. Uh, be ready to feel pain. Embrace it. Find peace in it. Uh, and then you can start to enjoy the passions uh, that come with it as well. And um, that's just a little bit of insight from me, guys. Um, I want to say a big thanks for another episode um, and, and tuning in. Um, as always, yeah, you know, we appreciate any support that you give us. See you next week. I just want to say a big thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the show. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, feel free to share us, share the episode with your friends and family, and feel free to leave us a review as well. Uh, you know, we all the support that we get for the for the show, and especially now that we've revamped it, uh, we're trying to bring something that's got a little bit more value. It's definitely appreciated. And if you have a question uh, for strategy sessions next week, you want us to take a bit of a deep dive and help you work through some of the roadblocks in your business, or you just want some help creating some winning strategy, you can shoot me an email at kyle at elitevitalitycoaching.com. But I'll leave it there. Until next week, stay safe, stay, safe, stay healthy, uh, and I'll see you on the other side.